Hello. Hello. I'm Robbie. And I'm Zach. And we are Free to Be. Free to Be is a podcast for LGBTQ plus youth across the state of New York. We talk about all sorts of things that affect queer youth in the Empire State. Brought to you by Youth Power of Families Together in New York State, Youth Power is a network hosted by Families Together that is run for and by youth and young adults. We work to ensure young people have meaningful involvement on all levels of the services that they receive. The opinions and viewpoints shared by staff and guests on this show do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Families Together in New York State. To learn more about us and our advocacy efforts, visit ftnys.org. Thanks. And enjoy. Alrighty, so so Robbie, I've been actually toying with how to start this episode for a while in my head now, and I purposely did not tell you anything about my plans, because oh, I thought thanks. it would be funny. <laughs> um, so we clearly have a lot to explain, um, why we've been off the air, so to speak, for a little bit, um, who exactly uh, you are, uh, where, uh, where is Amari, um, there's, there's a lot of questions that are probably floating around the listener's head right now. I'm going to elect to immediately answer none of them. Uh, how, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing pretty well. That's good. I am. I'm excited to be here. I'm happy that it's almost the weekend. Well, almost the weekend meaning that it's like a holiday. So we have a couple of days off. Yeah. For the, for the record, we are recording this on December 23rd. So Christmas Eve Eve. The eve of the eve, indeed. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm I'm happy to be here. It's uh, I want to say it was it's nice to meet you all, but I don't know who you are or what you look like or where you are. But regardless of that, hi, I'm Robbie. <laughs> Great to meet you. <laughs> the whole podcasting thing is a little weird. I like because um, it feels like, especially when you've been listening as a listener of podcasts for such a long time, you listen to a show for a long time, and it almost feels like they're your friends like you're it's just like a very one-sided conversation that you take part of when you do your laundry every two weeks that but your friends also don't know who you are at all um it's a very interesting relationship that it creates and that it's not a relationship at all <laughs> oh, it's, it's it's interesting it's cool it's weird all the above i'm, I'm about it though okay so yeah we have some uh very obvious as much as I like to think I'm funny with that uh, ambiguous cold open, we have some questions we need to answer. Um, I don't suppose it matters in what order we answer them. So as the, the quote-unquote new kid in town, I will, I will leave that up to you. Hi, I'm Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I actually, I'm the new Long Island Regional Youth Partner with Families Together in New York State. Do you want me to talk about this now or... It's it, this is one half your show, Robbie. You can talk about whatever you want in whatever order you want. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm yeah, I giving I'm you. Good. I am. I am a mother bird, and I am gently pushing <laughs> you out of the nest where you will either fly or fall onto the moss-covered ground and die. Those are, those are your options right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. So yeah, I started here at Families Together. August 31st, so I've been here for a little over three months now as the Long Island Regional Youth Partner. I'm loving it. It's very new and different from my old role. I was working in line of direct services beforehand, and now this is more behind the scenes, which is fun and intimidating and a whole new 
set of shenanigans that comes with it. But it's been really great. And um, so I work directly with the YPAs and their supervisors across the Long Island region. I um, coordinate a bunch of different events that are coming up. Um, some of them you will be able to attend, such as the human trafficking event, which is happening in January, followed by the uh, navigating mental health in the LGBTQ plus community. And then right after that, it's going to be a series where it's followed by understanding gender, um, which is going to be facilitated with Pride for Youth. Um, wow, that's also, awesome. every single month. What was that? I said, oh, that's awesome. I mean, those last two especially are aggressively relevant to the, the, the content <laughs> we talk about here. How about that? Yeah. Um, and then, like, you know, as far as our monthly meetings that we do, uh, we have our monthly YPAL meeting, which is for Youth Peer Advocate Supervisors. It initially stood for Youth Peer Advocacy Leadership, or Youth Peer Advocate Youth Peer Advocates Leadership. It's a weird acronym, but we're trying to change that to <laughs> PSM, or Peer Supervisors Meeting. For, for the record, not that my opinion matters, I do like that second one. That That does sound a little bit crisper, so to speak. Thank you. That's what I was thinking. And then we have our PLEASE meeting, or PLSD, which stands for Peer Leadership Support and Development, which is specifically for youth, young adults working in YPA roles or youth peer advocacy roles. And we are also trying to change that name to the YPM, or Youth Peer Meeting. And those happen every single month, um, normally within the same week, and that happens regionally throughout New York State. So, uh, yeah, the, the, this is Robbie. Um, so we'll, we'll get to some of the other questions uh, y'all probably have. So where is Amari? So uh, good news and bad news. Bad news is Amari no longer works at Families Together and will not be a regular, as in every episode, uh, participant of this show anymore, unfortunately. Um, but he got a really uh, good new position that he is very excited for. That's the good news. So we uh, obviously wish him well and all that stuff. And from what I hear, he's already doing a uh, really good and really happy in that new role. Um, but yeah, part of that is that unfortunately he won't be able to be uh, uh, attending here as free to be co-host. That does not, however, mean that he will uh, n never be back. So uh, stay, stay, stay tuned for that. Um, I, I, the reason that is vague is because I only have very vague details and that could be any point from now and into the future. So stay tuned for that at some point, sometime, somewhere. Um, the world may never know. <laughs> hopefully we'll know at some point because you know, we make <laughs> this thing. But yeah, we're, re we're really happy. Amari is happy in his, his new role. And it, as much as it does suck that he's not going to be able to be on the show in a co-host capacity, I'm, I'm happy that he seems to enjoy his new position. Those are some explanations. And besides from... Yeah, Amari was transitioning around... November, December, he got his new role. Um, and then I also had some like personal circumstances come up, which is why some of y'all are probably like, why the delay in episodes, Zach, what gives? Um, even though it's like a little late. First of all, hold your horses. I'm, I'm, we're working on it. Second of all, we had to, uh, um, kind of reshuffle some stuff around. And thirdly, I just had some personal circumstances come up, unfortunately. Um, my my grandfather passed away in October, so a lot of uh, work stuff had to be put on hold for unfortunately. And free to be was just kind of one of those 
things. It was just kind of bad timing with Mari transitioning out of his role and just like personal circumstances happening for me at the same time. Um, not that I, I don't think I like owe anyone an explanation or anything, but I, I do like to, the, this, a podcast is kind of a personal format and y'all were probably like what gives with the lack of monthly episodes. So that is a, a, a brief, slightly depressing digression um, into that. And so, uh, yeah, that's why that happened. I know I already talked about this, but I'm really sorry about your grandpa. It's, it's okay. It, it happens. Um, he was, he was, he was 92, but yeah, he was a very, uh, actually, you know, and it is kind of relevant to this cause he was a, he was a pretty good person. And for someone who is 92 years old, he was, not completely, but very accepting of like me and my identity and like, like my, my boyfriend chemo, I brought him around a lot when he was still um, living at my mom's house where I was living at the time. And, uh, yeah, he was kind of a, uh, central, uh, I didn't really grow up with a, uh, with a father figure around. So he was kind of like the de facto father figure. And, it was more out of that, like, you know how some older people, like, they don't necessarily understand everything, but they do their best to be accepting of it. Like, he, he didn't get the words right all the time, but he, like, did his best and he, like, meant well. It was it was that kind of person. So that was always nice. I was, I'm, I've been very lucky in my life to have mostly LGBTQ plus affirming family members, at least in my immediate vicinity. I've been very, like, privileged and lucky in that way because I know that's not the same um sa- same situation for all lgbtq people by any stretch of the imagination this got dark and serious way i didn't i didn't <laughs> anticipate that got, that was that was a important but very somber di- digression there it's all right. <laughs> all right it's life all right uh that's that's enough about me so they listeners robbie have heard a whole lot of my my blabbering over the course of the few episodes so yeah tell us a little bit uh about about yourself uh you 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 described your uh your your job description and all that but what got you to this point why why did you uh besides the fact that i asked you politely why did you want to be uh uh involved with free to be now Uh, i'll I'll give us give us give us the 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 tea as they say I will spill some tea, within reason. (laughs) (laughs) An an acceptable amount of tea will be spilled. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, we'll measure the amount of tea spilled after I finish (laughs) talking. (laughs) So, I mean, um, those of you who don't know me, um, I identify as a gay man. I came out pretty early on in life, looking back at it now. I would kind of attribute that to the fact that I grew up on... in both the mental health and the healthcare system, which sounds a little bit contradicting because why would you want to do that when you're going through all that other stuff? Yeah, it's not anyone's like idea of like a, a, a fun Sunday afternoon to be like, I want to do all of those at the same time. <laughs> Initially, like it started my involvement in the quote systems. When I was about seven years old, I was diagnosed with Tourette syndrome. And then about like a year after that, I had my first seizure. And then shortly after, um, the ticks from the Tourette's and the seizures merged into one kind of big episode, we would call it. I don't know if anyone knows what Tourette's is. Zach, do you know what Tourette's is? Probably more than the average person, but not to the extent that I probably should. So, like, whatever details you are comfortable sharing slash educating people on, I am more more than receptive. Sweet. All right, yeah. So, Tourette's is compromised of uh, 
ticks. So there are either motor ticks, which is movements, or vocal ticks, which is through your voice. There are simple ticks and complex ticks. So the simple ticks normally are very quick. They're over in probably between one and three seconds, and it's like a facial grimace, a little grunt, a little noise you make, um, etc. And then the complex ticks are combination of the simple ticks combined in one. And even with those, it's primarily between you know five and fifteen seconds for a complex tick. Um, my complex ticks were lasting for four hours on an average, while the simple ticks were pretty much just consistent. They never really ended. Um, and it got to the point that I would have to be like induced into comas in order to break the cycle. Just a really odd sensation because it, it felt like I was kind of being controlled by a remote and I would like hear everything that was going on. I would feel everything. have very strong and vivid memories that I laugh about now, but they're also horrifying at the same time. I guess laughing is my way of coping with it. Without going too much in depth on that, when I was 16, I had a, a surgery that saved my life, and I have two batteries in my abdomen with wires that run up to my brain and are keeping me alive. After I woke up from the surgery and I didn't have the tics, it was amazing, but it was also horrifying because I kind of had lived my life around this. I'd just grown accustomed to having tics constantly and constantly being in hospitals. And you know, I was taken out of school and I was being homeschooled and then put in a school for kids with disabilities and then just removed completely until I had the surgery. And I didn't think I was going to be alive. Um, the doctors didn't think I was going to leave, live past the age of 14. Um, and then at 16, you know, they had this Hail Mary, which was an experimental surgery, and they didn't even know if it was going to work, but it was either this or death. And then so I got it done, and I woke up, and I was it worked, and I was alive, and it was like, wow, what the... I guess I had just gotten really used to having that, and I had built my identity around that, and was kind of oddly clinging to the idea of death as my you know, light at the end of the tunnel, because that was what it seemed like could be the only thing. And then when I had the surgery and I was okay, I was like, wait, I actually have to figure life out now. And so I didn't think I was ever going to go to college. I was able to go to college. It was just figuring out life and everything. And I had a very short honeymoon phase with life, was happy for a while. And then I just was having a lot of flashbacks of the past and really fearing relapse and thinking that one day I was going to wake up and my batteries weren't going to work anymore. And uh, I became very depressed again and had a lot of suicidal ideology or suicidal ideation. Eventually wound up attempting suicide again and went down a very long and dark path back into the mental health system after my initial kind of <laughs> entry into the mental health system when I was about 12. So it was a very long and winding road. And somewhere down the line, I was released from a psych hospital and was brought to a peer support group. And I remember that one group, and I didn't want to go. My friend just brought me with them as like, a, let's just go check this out. And I went, and it was so weird and liberating and fun to be able to hear people talk about themselves and see that there are other people similar to me. And regardless of the similarities that we have, no one is exactly the same. But the fact that we shared the, the history of having some kind of involvement in whether it be the mental health system or the healthcare system. I always still find like healthcare, whenever I find someone else involved in hospitals and everything, and just with health complications, I'm like, yeah, buddies, siblings. <laughs> but I, I don't know. It's been a very interesting life. And I, so I started working in the peer industry about two and a half, almost three years ago. And 
started here about three months ago. So it's been really pretty fun. <laughs> um, that I, uh, is an interesting adjective after all, like, that, wow, that's, I, I knew a lot of that, but not, so, but I guess I just have a more complete picture i would also like to point out you said it would be a moderate amount of tea that was a lot of scalding hot tea so to speak that was that was a <laughs> lot at once that was that is that, that that is some heavy heavy stuff um it's really cool that you went well like not cool that you went through it but that you're willing to uh, <laughs> you're you're willing to talk about it in in this capacity um yeah that i don't even know what what, what else to say to that it's you're you went through a lot of like really hard stuff, but you seem to have come out the other other side. So that's that's really really good. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I mean, yeah, it is. It is what it is. And I guess we all have to just make the life that we want to live. Um, and it's not always easy, and it's not always practical, and it's sometimes very dark and grim. But I don't know. I'm here. You're here. We're all here. We're here, we're here. <laughs> there, there it is. We'll circle back. I'd also like to point out that the, no one could see that, but for some reason, the, when you were like, sometimes it gets grim and dark, like the lighting in your apartment went dark and grim. Did you somehow <laughs> do that? On, is there like stage lighting over there? How did you do There's that? There's actually no stage lighting. Um, I don't know what it is with my computer and then with the clouds that go over the sun and it keeps getting dark on my picture. I'm like, that is pretty odd. Like, I borderline almost ac accused you of, like, somehow staging that dramatic lightning because it was like, sometimes it can get grim and dark and, like, it got literally grim and dark in Robbie's apartment. I was like, okay, <laughs> like, that's, that's, that, that's, that's a, that's a bit much. How did you do that? <laughs> what is this sorcery? Uh, apparently that was just, that was just, uh, nature giving you, uh. Uh, th throwing you a bone for uh, good production design timing. <laughs> it's free production, people. <laughs> um, but yeah, we we are here. We are queer, and I will just say, like, there was there was a lot that Amari brought to the table that I'm definitely going to miss. That being said, I what I am excited about will give a little bit of a sneak peek. What we want to do in April of this year is we want to do a disability-themed episode, and I am very excited to have a more in-depth conversation with you about like where disability intersects with LGBT identity. Because I think I've mentioned this on the show before, but I'm, uh, I'm on the autism spectrum myself. Obviously not the same thing, but it's, it's interesting where like disability identity and LGBT plus identity meet. And um, there's like a lot of... A lot of stuff in those two things that, like, a lot of people, if you're not one or the other or both, don't, like, think about, so to speak. Um, there's, like, a lot of, like, narrative meat conversation to be to be had, and I'm very excited to uh, to to do that episode. That's going to be for, in April is Autism Acceptance Month. Also, that one were uh, details yet to be announced, but we're also planning on trying to do a live episode on zoom so if y'all want to be part of that and actually be on the show we're planning on making it this whole like big well not big bigger big-ish production so details from that forthcoming but yeah that's a that's a little sneak peek into what we're having in april but i am very excited to have that conversation because I, I, like the the weird intersections between being on the spectrum and being gay my entire life is something i never like 
usually don't put to words, but when I think about it, I'm like, oh yeah, those two definitely did complicate the other ones. <laughs> like they make this like unique sandwich of um, sometimes good and rewarding, but also sometimes annoying and unique challenges in a world that is not fully accommodating a lot of the time to either one of those things. So when you're both, it's like, oh, great. Now we now we have this unique cocktail of things to deal with. <laughs> has that been like your not to delve too much into that because we'll save that for April? But has that been your experience as well a lot of the time? Identity has a lot of weight to it for me. Um, and I have spent a lot of time trying to craft how I want to resonate with my own identity and what I choose to share with other people. And I spent a lot of my life trying to remove my identity from myself and just kind of exist which I'm not proud of because I, I want to be proud of myself and I want to be able to just be who I am unapologetically. Um, but I think there is a huge pushback, a part of the LGBT community in today's day and age alone gives you enough of turmoil. And then on top of that, having a disability, it's like a, pick your poison or like it, choose your battles. <laughs> Except um, no, actually, you have to drink both poisons. Yeah. <laughs> that that's not to say I, that either of those are actually like bad for you, but just in that analogy, it's like it's funny because it's like you have to pick a poison. Like, nope, you get both. <laughs> and that it actually kind of brings me to like coming out when I initially told my my parents. Um, they when I I tried coming out when I was fourteen, which looking back, I was like, wow, that's really young. But I I knew who I was, and I. Again, wanting to be unapologetically myself, I wanted to come out to my family, being that they were the people that I, the only people that I really saw. And I thought it was going to be like a bonding moment. I was also petrified, but I, I came out to my mom and she just started crying hysterically. And she was like, a mother has unconditional love, but not for this. Like wound up, I, I wound up having to like take it back and say that I wasn't gay for a while. And my dad was like, why would you drop another bomb on us? We're already going through another, like, because I guess like it, when I actually, being that I took it back when I was 14, three years later, you know, fast forward a bit, I was in my room and my mom came up and sat in my bed with me and we were talking and I was like, my, I want to tell you something. And she's like, I know you're gay. And like, I, okay. I started crying. Wait. I'm not la <laughs> like, those are very dramatically different reactions. Right, I know. Like I guess the amount of whiplash you must have had have been like it's obviously great that she's reacting positive, but you also must have been like, "Excuse me." <laughs> <laughs> I guess she had like the three years for the thought to marinate in her mind <laughs> and for her to come around to it. Um, but now she thinks we're like modern family, and she thinks we're like a part of pop culture. Which, if that's what she needs to do in order to be okay with it, then I guess you know, do whatever you need to do. And I think me and Amari both have in the past talked to like when we did the uh, episode about coming out. It's a, I'm it's never universal, but there does seem to be a common trend where if parents have a negative reaction at first, sometimes if like it would obviously be way more helpful to everyone involved if that didn't occur. That being said, if like time is what's necessary, absolutely necessary to make it better in the long run, that's. Certainly an improvement, for sure. And it seems like that was your um, experience as well, which is at least good. And I just, the contrast of those two reactions, like, is just, like, obvi obviously it's kind of rough that you had to go through that the first time, but it's just very, like, 
little little bit funny. But it's like you said, like sometimes we have to use humor to, to get through that. So you must have been like, uh, like this is good, but also okay. Like what? Ha- dot, dot, dot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now like I have like the most supportive parents in the terms of like being who I am, and I'm really grateful for that. Um, so yeah, it is like a, looking at an old 1920s movie. Were there movies in 1920? That, that was the beginning of the movies. Yeah, like that was like <laughs> okay. that was like um like like talk. Uh, I don't think talkies like silent films started in like the twenties. Yeah. Okay, Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, like that era. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it was like it was very it was a very drastic contrast, but it's okay. It's what it is. And that's what you know what my mom said to me yesterday. I was talking to her on like Facebook portal or whatever, like video chat. And, like, yeah, like, I've talked about on the show about how she had a less than ideal, we'll say, reaction to the first time I told her when I was a teenager. Kimo, I think he has his headphones on. My boyfriend Kimo is in his office. I think he has headphones on right now, so he can't hear this, which is good. But he'll listen to the episode later, so, okay, whatever. Um, but, <laughs> but my mom, he left for work, like, said hi to my mom, left work, and my mom was like, so, like, when are you going to put a ring on that? I was like, Mom! You can't just like ask me that. That's a com- Jesus. That's a complicated question. She was like, "What?" <laughs> um, like it. It was it, it, in the Italian Catholic invasive way, like her being pretty supportive, but also like that's a that's quite the question to drop in the middle of casual conversation, mom. As well, <laughs> it was somehow both of those things at the same time. Uh-huh. How long have you guys been together? Me and Kimo? Um, June of 2017 is our anniversary. Yeah, so three and a half years will be, I think we'll be. it'll be four years in June. Yes. And you know what? Always, thank you. But you know what, what always ended up happening? Um, and I had this commonality with Amanda Davidson, who works at Families Together and is our, one of our communication staff. Her anniversary with her boyfriend is around the same time. UIP always happens on our anniversary without fail every year in June. I don't think that's going to be a problem this year as much because uh, this University Youth Power, for those who don't in the know, that is our yearly conference where we have a bunch of 18 to 30-year-old young people. We uh, teach you a bunch of advocacy stuff. It's like kind of like the biggest thing I'd say Youth Power throws throughout the year. Before coronavirus happened, every year without fail, I'd have to work on my anniversary, and I was always a little sad about it. But I don't think that'll be as much of a problem this year. But of course, you know, it's pandemic, so that's also sad. But <laughs> well, maybe next year. Hopefully, we have an in-person one next year. I mean, wait, no, not next year. Like the year after next year, because next year is next year is twenty twenty-one. Yeah, I think. I mean, knock on wood. I think twenty twenty-two we'll be able to do it in person. UIP this year, it's definitely going to be digital, but. uh yeah, maybe, maybe hopefully 2022, I'll I'll ask the YP director TR like, can we can we just like move that like a week, just like one week, please? Like, <laughs> this happens on my anniversary every year without fail. Uh, again, only only spill as much tea as you're comfortable with, as always. But you also have a significant other, if I recall correctly. I do have a significant other. Um, we've been together for about two years. Uh, I would like to keep his information a little on the down low unacceptable divulge everything right now (laughs) no of course that's fine you know he's amazing um yeah we've been together two years we are living together in an apartment we actually just bought a house together um, wow i didn't know that congratulations 
Thank you. Yeah, we um, we're moving in in April. It's been a a ride and a half. You're still gonna be on Long Island in this market. Yeah, still on Long Island. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, we actually met through a mutual friend. Um, and I was always very skeptical about dating people. Um, Mm. just because I didn't have a lot of trust in people, and I actually almost didn't show up on our first date. And then I was getting ready and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to go. And I turned around and I went to go sit on the couch and there were two Blue Jays sitting on my railing on my balcony from my apartment. And I was like, maybe that's a sign. And I looked it up to see because I'm always looking for signs. I'm a weird kind of wishy-washy human being. But I looked up the signs and it said that's a soulmate connection. So I was like, ah, all right, I guess I'll give it a shot. That is so adorable. That is so (laughs) cute. I love that so much. But yeah, um, yeah, I love him. He's great. Thank you so much for listening. We would like to quickly tell you a few things about what Families Together in New York State is doing that you might be able to take part in. Hey, don't skip this ad break quite yet. If you're strapped for time, sign up for our email newsletter instead. You can read up on all the same news and info for all things Families Together plus so much more. Sign up today at ftnys.org slash contact. During the COVID-19 pandemic, advocacy has become more important than ever. Visit our website at ftnys.org to view our digital advocacy center to learn more about how you can get involved with foster care, children's behavioral health, education justice, and justice system involved youth advocacy. These are all issues that disproportionately affect LGBTQ youth in New York. Our Digital Advocacy Center gives you all the tools you'll need to fight for change on these issues while still practicing social distancing and being safe during this unprecedented time. As part of our Amplify New York initiative, we will be holding virtual youth leadership forums all throughout 2021. These forums are for young people to speak up, build skills, and prepare to take on leadership roles. These peer-run forums bring opportunities to youth and give the next generation of leaders the tools and support they need for success. The virtual youth leadership forums are ongoing and are hosted at least every few months. We also have smaller standalone events related to Amplify New York that range from live episodes of this show to games of Dungeons & Dragons. Stay tuned and visit our website at ftnys.org slash youthpower or send an email to Zach at zkilmer, that's Z-K-I-L-M-E-R, at ftnys.org to learn how to sign up. We are accepting applications for the Youth Power Advisory Council. You can create systems change and bring youth voice to the highest levels of government. As part of the Youth Power Advisory Council, you will oversee the work that our network does to amplify youth voice while gaining beneficial skills and experience. Apply today at bit.ly slash capital Y-P-A-C-Y-3. Do you want to become a youth peer advocate? Youth peer advocates, or YPAs, are individuals between 18 to 30 years of age who self-identify as a person with first-hand experience with a social, emotional, medical, developmental, substance use, and or behavioral challenges. Youth Power Families Together administers the Youth Peer Advocate credential in New York State. 
The credential formally recognizes your experience as a young person and the importance of peer-to-peer -peer support for young people. If you are interested, check out our website at youthpower.ftnys.org YPA-credential to start your journey as a YPA. Lastly, be sure to follow us on all of our social media. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash families together NYS and on facebook.com slash youthpower.ny. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at FTNYS and at youthpower. If you want to send either Zach or myself an email about the podcast, you can shoot us a message at Z-K-I-L-M-E-R at F-T-N-Y-S dot org or R-L-E-T-T-I-E-R-I at F-T-N-Y-S dot org. If you want to learn more about Youth Power Families Together, you can also shoot us a message at Y-P-Info at F-T-N-Y-S dot org. What do you say, Robbie? Back to the show? Sure, let's do it. So, uh, speaking that, that'll actually work as a really good segue. So, you're um, buying a house on Long Island. You're doing some. Uh, uh, your your work is specifically Long Island involved. So, basically, normally on the show we do um, the first half is more the educational part. The second half is more like personal information and like quote unquote hot takes so to speak we're switching it up a little bit this time so since robbie is new and from long island we thought uh so yeah first half we talked all about uh uh robbie here and uh, getting to know him as the new other half of free to be but the second half we uh wanted to talk about uh long island in its specific context of um being which is, it's a surprisingly important part of lgbtq plus history in new york like more so than i even like thought yeah it is it's awesome i mean so what i'm can i say what i'm gonna be talking about no absolutely not <laughs> um, i told you you can say whatever something. you want robbie well not whatever okay. you want well, I, okay let me roll roll, roll <laughs> that back reason. a little bit um, <laughs> and it's an yeah, acceptable so. amount of tea <laughs> um so a portion of my tea right now is going to be about Fire Island because I, I love Fire Island. I went there probably too many times this past summer. I mean, but you like you live around the corner, so I, I wouldn't blame this is you. This is true. This is true. Um, and I, I really miss it. I remember the last time that I was my boyfriend and I were there, we like almost cried when we got out of the water for the last time. Because like, we're not going to be here for another year. Um, but Fire Island is just, a, it's like... An alternate universe for gay people, I think. Okay. <laughs> um, or for yeah, me, anyway. Uh, for, well, I, I think we had this preliminary conversation a little bit. It's because, like, I've been to uh, been to uh, P-Town in Massachusetts, and I think it's, like, very this, in the similar vein of, like, if, like, the default was assumed that you weren't straight. Like, but you have to assume... Lots of people, not everyone, lots of people assume that basically everywhere else in the world, like, this is one of the few areas where that is normally not the case. Like, it's like you're the, you're assumed to be the default, which is a very unique feeling as an LGBT person, because most of the time you just, you know that that's not true. It is, yeah, exactly. Um, like, when I was there, uh, like, my boyfriend and I, we held hands and, like, we gave each other, like, a 
a kiss on the lips, like a quick one. We didn't like make out, but like it, that's something that we would never do in public. But seriously, walking up the ferry and like you walk through the town and you just see the the pride flags like it from the shore, and you're like, oh my god, that's where we're going. And then you get off, and just everyone doesn't care if you're gay. Everyone, like you said, it's kind of like default that you are gay over there, whereas it's very different from most other places in the United States. Um, well, I mean, I think we can get like getting into a little bit of what you were slightly alluding at. Like I live on Staten Island and you live on Long Island. There are areas of both of those places, which it's kind of far flung the opposite of that. And we both have to be kind of careful in certain areas due to the realities of living there. Would you say that's as nice a way of saying what you were alluding to as possible? Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. Like Long Island, like Long Island, Staten Island. It's uh, like New York City is like one of the most gay-friendly places on earth, and it's like sandwiched in between these two places, which are not that a lot of the time. And then there's Fire Island, which is like another pocket. <laughs> <laughs> the best pocket, but yeah, like, and so I feel like most people think that all of Fire Island is the quote-unquote like the gay part. Um, but they're actually like Ocean Beach is like it still predominantly heterosexual. Um, that's like a family. It's more conservative over there. Um, but it's still like gay friendly or like LGBTQ plus friendly over there. Um, but Cherry Grove and the Pines are the two main parts. Those are the two parts that I think of whenever I hear Fire Island because that's where I like to go with my boyfriend and my friends. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just a, a cool little place. I mean, so Cherry Grove is arguably the oldest community on Fire Island. Um, it's credited for being among the first community in America where gays and lesbians could be open about their sexuality long before, you know, the modern gay rights movement helped make it more socially acceptable. And then the Pines came in later, um, but I guess we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but I get talking more about some of the history of Cherry Grove. Um, Cherry Grove was actually bought in 1868 for 25 cents per acre. And it was named for the black cherry trees in that area, which I thought was pretty interesting because I've never seen any cherry trees in Fire Island. They were probably um, so there originally, and then they got axed <laughs> or whatever. It's actually fun. This is just completely random side note. Sometimes it's funny, like how uncreative people can be when naming like towns and stuff. Like I remember I was visiting my friend in Lowville, New York, and he was like, "Yeah, they named it that literally because there's like a valley here and it's low." And I'm like. <laughs> Okay. Like, I, I don't need, like, really lavish names for your towns, like old-timey prospectors or whatever, whoever founded these towns, but, like, put a little bit of effort into it, like, Jesus. For real. And I am currently living in Smithtown, and it got the name Smithtown because John Smith was the person who claimed it as being Smithstown. Yeah, yeah I, I guess- l- l- like, just, like, put... Like, you made all this effort, presumably, like, the European colonizers made all this effort, presumably, to get over here in the Atlantic Ocean. That doesn't sound like an easy trip, at least put some effort into renaming the place that was already here. Like, getting off topic a tiny bit, but also kind of interesting. So, the guy, John Smith, if that was actually his real name, the the legend has it that he rode around Smithtown on a bull, and he dropped sandbags where he wanted his border to be. And that's how, like, it happened. But, like, he went through all of that trouble. Like, claim his land. You went around on a bull? That's the legend? A bull, yeah. That sounds wildly impractical. We have 
a statue of a bull that has been here since like the late 1800s and that's like the town square so the so the borders of the town you live in were decided primarily by a bull who was probably trying to get this john smith dude off of his back and just running around randomly that's the borders of your town yeah (laughs) okay according to the wives though but i mean old-timey people were wild man (laughs) for real i don't get it (laughs) there's like just so many easier ways to border your town i don't know what they are but they gotta be better than bull riding the pines which is like the more residential part of uh fire island is again very predominantly an lgbtq island um and it's they call it like a different part of the island because it is a different part but you can walk to it. it's not like you have to get on a boat to go to the pines you can it's faster i mean if you walk it's probably like a half hour but it's fun you're walking through like sand and you're walking through some pretty nice houses or you can go just straight on the beach um and so the pines uh is a place where something called invasion of the pines happens every year, which is really fun and wild and just it beautiful. Um, but it got that name um, back in 1976 when a resident of the Grove, you know, showed up wearing drag and was refused service at a local restaurant. And then that started this whole movement where people go there once a year on that date um, in July, where everyone just goes and drag and it's, it turns into like a giant drag show for 24 to 72 hours um it's (laughs) really awesome i'm seeing Um, a trend here of like that i feel like that mirrors it doesn't sound quite as like dangerous as like the the initial like pride marches with like marsha p johnson but like i'm seeing a trend of um gender non-conforming people trying to do things and then society pushing back and then creating events around that pushing like pushing back <laughs> like there's definitely a like just let people dress however they want man come on i think we're going in the right direction though with society for but sure but like yeah <laughs> 60s and 70s it just it uh, it's that a lot of the lgbt movement seems to just push out of people trying to police how you present which is unfortunate but i guess that's just how how a lot of our movement came to be which is still pretty cool sucks that it had to happen that way but it's still pretty cool that's for sure (laughs) i don't know if it's like okay to say this either i'm just gonna say and if we have to cut it out we will but like you know how i don't know if you ever heard the saying like it put the gays there and they'll make it nice (laughs) like that's what i feel like happened in fire island because it's beautiful now and it's like our land and i'm claiming that as <laughs> we, ours that's the, the we we invaded and we we took it the invasion of the pines <laughs> the, the gays invaded <laughs> we did <laughs> we, we dropped our sandbags and claimed it as our territory <laughs> we did we i i i we we, we wrote it we wrote in on bowls we had our own bowls and our own sandbags like we're doing this now <laughs> Got to get those bulls across on the ferry, though, because you can't drive there, ride there. Yeah, I, I just, I, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure the bulls were very upset with a people being on them, b them being on a boat. Everything about that situation was probably unpleasant for them. They're just like, <laughs> what's that quote in Monty Python where it's like, "Some wench in a lake is no way to determine a government." Like the bulls are like riding around on a bull is no way to determine where a town is. Y'all are ridiculous. <laughs> sure. 
Um, but yeah, that's a that's that's really cool that they did that. And now it's celebrated every year with what sounds like a a really long gay party. It, yeah, it is. It's extremely fun. I would highly recommend it. Um, Me it's and just like Emo it, it, were genuinely planned. Like before the pandemic, we were like, we got to make it over to Fire Island because we had moved from upstate in like 2019 2018 we we're like we gotta make our way over there and then well you know that's not gonna happen for a little while now <laughs> for reasons yeah i mean like i don't know maybe we can get this stuff under control and you guys can go i think it'll be sooner rather than later like just i remember like i think it was literally like february or january like oh we should we should totally go and then like the entire world shut down i was like well Take that idea and throw it in the garbage. <laughs> oh, that stinks. I'm sorry. I'll get there eventually. And last year was, I have mentioned this on the show before, last year was supposed to be like my first New York City pride too, like the the the, the mother of all pride, so to speak. And well, yeah, the whole world shut down. So, uh, so yeah, uh, o- Ocean Beach, uh, you said it was a popular tourist destination and all that. Yeah, Ocean Beach. It's it's touristy. It's very um, it's quaint. They have a lot of great restaurants. It's you know a lot of people go there just to go to their like restaurants and bars, and they have beautiful beaches and Ocean Beach. I mean, granted, the Pines and Cherry Grove are also on the beach, and their beaches are beautiful. I would say they're probably even nicer than the Hamptons beaches, which are highly praised. I feel um, like for some people, those were just fighting words you just you just set out. Like, there, <laughs> I think there's a select amount of people who probably have very strong opinions about Hampton Beaches. I'm not sure if they listened to the show, but it was just, oh my word, how could you even say that? If you're listening from one Long Islander to another, <laughs> I'm calling you out on it. <laughs> um, Robert Moses is also like a beautiful beach, and that used to be my my old time go to. Um, Robert Moses and Smith's Point, it's still considered to be Fire Island because it occupies the same landmass. Um, but with those beaches, they're both accessible by bridge, whereas Fire Island is only accessed through a boat or a ferry. Um, and Robert Moses is a little bit more west, where Smith's Point is east of the actual quote unquote Fire Island. Um, yeah, so maybe we should like, explain. I just pulled up a picture, like, because the, the geography here is a little weird. So Long Island, it's the it's the island that's next to New York City. It's like the long little strip you see at the uh, end of New York New York State, and then like Queen uh, Queens and Brooklyn are on like the end of Long Island, and then there's like a very thin island within the island. I guess you could say like there's like this very thin strip of land that's adjacent to the bigger thinner strip of land. It's 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 like Fire Island is like a less Long Island that's also on the side of Long Island. That's like the best way I can describe it. <laughs> that was a beautiful description, Zach. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it, the, I'm looking at the map, just like the way the landmass is like shaked out. It's just it's a very odd shape. I don't I don't know how else to. Yeah, it's a kind of a weird thing to describe as I began to talk about it. Yeah, it's like it. Dab smack in the middle of Long Island on the south. Um, and like it, as you were saying, it's kind of in the middle of a bunch of other little islands that are also off the south shore. It's primarily. So, which point is the. So, the. You said the east side is accessible by walk. 
Because it looks like the entire yeah. thing you need to take a boat to get there. But is there like a bridge yeah. or? Yeah. So all the way to the west, um, that's Robert Moses. And that is accessible by a bridge, by two bridges, actually, because it connects to that first little island. And then it connects to another one that connects to the final fire island. Um, and then there's only a little bit of road before it stops and just goes into like shrubs and different pastures. Okay, I see. So one half of the island you need to access by boat. Technically, there's a bridge on the other side, but the road ceases to to go throughout the entire island. Exactly, yeah. That is odd, but I guess I... (laughs) Like, it's kind of cool that it's only accessible by boat, but that just seems like a very weird art, like city planning decision this this isn't like a geography slash city planning podcast so i'm not calling anyone out i'm sure there's some good decision like people are way smarter than me that just seems very peculiar i don't know i don't know how else to describe it it does i mean you can access this part of this island by car but not this part that you have to access by boat it almost leads me to believe like and then there's a third the top of the volcano that you have to access by helicopter and then, and then the other fourth, you have to access via underground tunnel. Like, that's what it seems like they're going for. For real. I feel like it kind of mystifies Fire Island. Like, it keeps it bougie. That, Whereas, you know what? That's the, that, that makes a lot of sense that when you put it like that. It's almost like a, no, you can't get here by car. You have to get to, you have to, get to the gay half only by boat. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> when you phrase it like that, that actually sounds pretty cool. Despite its peculiarities, it uh, seems like a really, really cool, cool, like, it, just this off, like, off the beaten path, like, gay haven, so to speak. It is, yeah. I mean, I for anyone who has gone there, congratulations. <laughs> I am proud that you are on this earth. I, I, and if you I love that. If you've had the honor of being there, congratulations. That's how great. <laughs> and if you haven't, check it out pronto. When, well, not pro- like, when, maybe well, yeah, when everyone's sec- vaccinated and we can go outside again. Not pronto. Thank you for reminding <laughs> me that we are in the middle of a pandemic. Don't go, like right in this moment. You probably shouldn't go. No. Yeah. No. Also, it's cold. That's not there. the important part, but like it's also a cold time of year. So like that's. Like, obviously, the pandemic takes importance over that. But if you needed, for some reason, an additional incentive to not go outside during a pandemic, it's also a beach and it's freezing. So It always, like, it was a question of mine. Like, the people who live there, like, if they lived there during the winter months. Because I wouldn't want to. That, that must suck. Yeah, that sounds kind that of stinks. unpleasant. Because, like, I know, like, on, on Dune Road in the Hamptons, they're beautiful houses. But most people don't live there. Because even though... It's in the Hamptons, and there's a bunch of different stores. That road, it takes like 40 minutes just to drive down. Like, you'd have to drive like an hour and a half just to get through. I guess, I don't know. This doesn't have to be on there. I'm just thinking out loud. But, um, never mind. Um, yeah, anywho. Fire Island is a really cool from, place. We should, you should, myself included, we should all go there when we can safely participate in society again. And also once society reopens again, there are a couple other places that is, you know, gay-friendly. It's not as uh, dreamland as Fire Island. But, you know, Maybe you should have led very... with these. <laughs> you, you described, <laughs> yeah, like, that, the, 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 the gay Willy Wonka's Wonderland, and it's like, oh, there's also these places. <laughs> I mean, it, just in case, you know, say you can't get to the ferry or 
the ferries are full or you miss it and you only have a little bit of time. Try Huntington, Sag Harbor, and the Hamptons. Um, they're very gay friendly. They're they're nice. They're pretty. Kind of bougie. Um, not to the full extent as Fire Island is. Uh, Sag Har- so Huntington, I'll start there. Huntington is the western part of Suffolk County on the North Shore. Um, Sag just Harbor for is- listeners who might not be familiar, can you just kind of briefly... I think there's only two counties in Long Island, right? Yes. So Suffolk County is the eastern county on Long Island. Um, and it starts about a third of the way into Long Island. I didn't realize so how much of this podcast would be ge- like. I feel like we're like giving like one third of a <laughs> New York geography lesson in here, which I didn't intend, but is actually pretty useful. So you're welcome, yeah. listener. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, I'd say it's about like a, a third of the way in, plus like maybe give or take fifteen minutes to get out of Nassau and Huntington. Okay. Um, and then Sag Harbor is total opposite spectrum. It's all the way out east so where long island splits into the north fork and the south fork there's a little place in between called shelter island and just south of shelter island is sag harbor um and it's another really cool place it is really expensive and i wouldn't necessarily want to go there unless i was out there and just wanted to like get food or something um but it is really cool because it is so gay friendly and there's a lot of dogs amazing so that's yeah, another part. Why didn't you lead with that? You had me at dogs. I want to go right now. Nope. Panda. <laughs> I want to go as soon as I get vaccinated, I mean. <laughs> there we go. And then the Hamptons, which is pretty close as well, uh, which is actually by Fire Island. I guess not necessarily, though. It's a little bit further east. Um, but it's also on the South Shore, and they have very nice beaches, but not as nice as Fire Island. <laughs> um <laughs> And yeah, I guess they're just places that you can check out. But if you wanted my humble opinion, go to Fire Island if you're looking for a life-changing experience. Which I always am. (laughs) And then if we have any um, LGBTQ uh, community members listening to this right now, some resources if you are from Long Island. We have Pride for Youth, which their number is 631-940-1964. We have the Transgender Resource Center for Long Island, or TRCLI. Their number is 631-306-4872. And then we have the Long Island LGBT Network, or also known as the Long Island Gay and Lesbian Youth Network. And for all of Long Island, so we have Queens, which is 718-514-2155. For Nassau, their number is 516-323-0011. For Suffolk County... We have 631-665-2300. And then for the East End, which is primarily, you know, the Hamptons and beyond, that is 631-665-7874. Awesome. Thank you very much for all those resources. And uh, uh, we said your email during the break, but obviously if you are a queer youth who wants to get involved with uh, youth power stuff, Robbie is also the perfect uh, person to get in touch with as well. Yes, please feel free. Love to hear from you all. Awesome. So, yeah, that is a abbreviated history of uh, LG, LGBT culture and stuff in Long Island uh, from from the 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 source itself. <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm the source. <laughs> you're, I mean, you're you're an LGBT person in Long Island. I would say that makes you aggressively qualified to talk about this topic, but. Maybe not the source, a very reliable source, let's say. How about that? Okay. All right. Not the the sole sole point of reference. 
Yeah, I don't want that kind of uh, that weight on my shoulders. <laughs> so, any anything else you wanna you wanna throw in before we conclude your first ever episode, Robbie? I think I have spilt all the tea that I have in my system at the moment. That's 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 good. That's good. <laughs> okay, so we have a. Um, uh, you listen to the other episodes. We have a sign off that me and Amari never did correctly. That will probably continue the tradition, but I want to try at the very least. So we, so I'll say I'm Zach. You'll say I'm Robbie, and then we both say ideally at the same time, and we are free to be. Amari and I got close, but never quite got there. So if we go at that trajectory, we might get this in about fourteen to sixteen episodes. But we have. We have to very least we have to very least try. Are you ready? Okay. I'm Zach. And I'm Robbie. And we, we are, are free, free to, to be. be. The tradition stands. <laughs>